You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode six of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me, as always, are Vicki Stokes. Hello. Hi, Vicki, and Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. How's Thanks. everyone today? Very yeah. well, thanks. Let's just hope the Skype gods don't um, <laughs> send down their wrath like they have been these past few minutes. My gosh. <laughs> what we've I gone just... through to. Uh, to bring I you should, this wonderful podcast. Interesting. I should play that back. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. We just, we just had some really funky noise. <laughs> yeah. Or what did you call it, a rap? It, it was like dubstep, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, and you did it. That's right. It was very cool. Yeah I, could, yeah, I could hear them, but they couldn't hear me. And oh, who knows? It might have been my microphone. Who knows? Who knows? So before we get started, we should mention that most of you already know that Mountain Lion has come out. Vicki, you mentioned that you installed it. How do you like it? I like some of the features. One, I start out with the thing that I was really confusing to me and still I don't like it is Safari. Um, I do a lot of Google searches and I couldn't quickly figure out how to get to my little, you know, it normally has that little Google box on the side mm-hmm. and it wasn't there. Um, but there's a way to do it. I still don't remember how to get to it. It's just... It changed so, it's so radically different that I just don't like it. I also accidentally found out that you can do a swipe across the screen and go from page to page in the browser, which can be cool. It's not very cool if you're trying to swipe up and then you accidentally swipe sideways and you, you which is what I, this is how I discovered that you can swipe sideways. I don't like reading instructions, okay? Um, <laughs> so, but the things that I do like are the things that they borrow from iOS, which is the, the note, uh, the notepad thing, and the reminder. The reminder. I'm sorry, busy cat. I don't need it anymore um, because now I can set up all my reminders, and it's synced across all my devices. I love and, reminders on iOS. Oh yeah, now you can do it on your Mac, and it's going to be on your phone, on your iPad, and I do. I use reminders for everything, um, and I was using Busy Cal to do it before. But it's sort of senseless now. I don't. Need, I really don't see the need to have busy calendar. That's a shame because it's an excellent product. So for all you people who still use online, uh, I suggest you if you're not using busy cal, go for it. But you're not going to need it on the mountain line. What What about Snow Leopard? You can't use busy cal on Snow Leopard. No, oh, I have no, it. No, no, you can use oh, you it. On, I'm just saying that you don't need it on mountain line because because the way I use it is just for reminders. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, BusyCal I bought recently when they had a, one of those Mac bundles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. I did too, yeah. Oh. yeah. Where do you find out about those bundles? I do searches. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, somebody, somebody in their podcast mentioned it was in a uh, bundle, and that's how I tried. Then I saw them at Macworld, and um, this guy gave me a wonderful demo of how to get Gmail and everything hooked up. So, oh, and that's another thing about reminders on the Mac. Um, it also hooks up with every one of my uh, Gmail accounts, the Kiki Ladies account, my personal one, my school Gmail account. 
that's another thing that that pops up on your screen uh, on Mountain Line. It's so almost like a growl, so I can see who's online, who's offline, that kind of thing. Um, and it also pops up when you have emails, which is sort of distracting. So yeah, but can you can shut that off though, or no? Can't, you yeah, can't. I'm sure you can. I just haven't done it yet. I'm just still playing around with with that. But today is actually the first day I really got a chance to play around with it. So. The, what, oh, go ahead. Please. Well, I heard with the Safari, uh, what they did is the the address bar and the search bar are now one. So when you want to search for something, you just put it right into the address bar. Yeah, but that's not very intuitive. <laughs> I know when you put a, a URL in there, then all of a sudden it's it's just regular, uh, you know, browser. But right. if you put something that is not, see, that's the problem because I was entering something that actually was a URL and it was not it came up as Google and I think that's how I figured out how it works mm-hmm. so yeah but I prefer to have the little thing that says over here is where you do your search right right yeah. separate I guess, I guess you get used to it I think Mark Greentree was talking about it on his latest episode of Not Another Mac podcast and said it took him a little bit to get used to but now he said after a few hours, it's like he's always done it. Okay. I, I probably just have spent a couple of hours with mountain so. I'm still on Snow Leopard because, well, for two reasons. One is because my computer is not compatible. It's an early, well, it's not an early, it's a mid-2008 MacBook. So I can only go as far as Lion. And oh. the second reason is I'm totally happy with, with Snow Leopard. I'm not even going to move up to Lion. Yeah, yeah I have a mid-2008 uh, MacBook Pro that I gave to my sister, and you can update that to Mountain Lion, and she did it. But she really doesn't know much about Macs, so I don't think she even appreciates that this change. So. <laughs> she just recently got that MacBook Pro, so she's still working through learning how to use it. I mean, I'm hearing really good things about Mountain Lion. People seem to be really happy with it. I don't find any bugs in it so far, so that's a good sign. Now, in Safari, um, have you tried the Do Not Track um, option that they have? No, I haven't. I kind of, I really like that because, I don't know, you know, when you're surfing and stuff, I mean, I, I, you know, with cookies and everything, I just, I always feel, especially like with Amazon, you know, whenever you're surfing on some of these bigger shopping sites, and then they have recommendations for you. I hate people tracking what I like. It really irritates me. It's not that I feel nervous about it. It's just that it irritates me. So I would like I would like that option. I think it's it's kind of creepy when you go like when you go to Zappos, let's say, and you're looking for a pair of shoes, yeah. and then you go on a website, and all of a sudden these ads for Zappos show up. In one way, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In another way, you're like, ew. You know, you feel it's very creepy. Oh, it's Gmail, very Gmail does that, so if you got yeah, Gmail does, account. Yeah. You know, when I, because I switched, you know, I moved from Arizona to Texas, as you know, and when I moved to Texas, of course, I updated all my my Gmail account and everything. And you're absolutely right, Elisa. I'd be go search, I would go to Safari and search for something, and up would come, oh, find the best, you know, attorney in Texas. Thinking, you're kidding me, right? Already, yeah. you know, I, I just yeah. hate those ads, and I, it is a there is a creep factor with it. I think. I don't yeah. know. If I ask for that information, it's different. So yeah, just... exactly. Yeah. Well, today we just 
thought we would talk about maintaining your Mac and your iOS devices. What do you do to keep them running smoothly? Uh, which we thought was appropriate with a lot of people moving up to Mountain Lion. So one of the things that I like to use is called Omni Disk Sweeper, and you can get it at www.omnigroup.com. And it's a free program. And what it does is you click on your drive, your hard drive, and then it goes through and it sorts everything by it sorts everything by size. So what you can do is it opens up a window with columns and you can see every folder and every file that's on your computer and you can tell by size if you have, you know, say 60 gigs, gigs in your download folder, you can see, well, these things that you want to keep, or are they old DMGs, or are they old things that you don't need anymore? So you can know at a glance what's taking up all the space on your hard drive. Uh, it opens up the, the visible files, so you can see if those are, are, are something you need to get rid of, but you need to be careful with the invisible files before you delete. You can double-click on a file, and it will bring you directly to that file, and you can also delete right from the program. And I, I think it's really cool. And it's free. I like free. Yeah, and but it's, and it's a good way to, to determine if all of a sudden you realize that you've got a lot of space being eaten up on your hard drive. It's a great way to determine what it is very quickly instead of having to go through all your files and say, is it this? Is it this? Is it my music? Is it my photos? Is it um, you know, something I downloaded and wanted to get rid of? Mm-hmm. Real easy to, to go through that. So it's called OmniDisk Sweeper. Suze, what do you like to use? Well, before we get into what I like to use, I wanted to let uh, you know, because, Elisa, I think you've mentioned it um, with my Mac, is that you've had problems with your 4S battery. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yes. Well, I've never had a problem, knock on wood, with my battery until this week. And all of a sudden... I, you know, I charge it up overnight and I, I'm really good about maintaining my iOS devices. You know, Apple supposedly recommends that you basically run them down to the red zone, you know, till, and then you charge them up from there for battery maintenance once a month. But I usually do that once a week and I've really had great luck with my 3GS battery in the past in the 4S battery and the iPad 2 and 3. Well, all of a sudden this week, just past week, uh, you know, it's 100% in the morning, and I haven't even, I, I unplug it, and I put it down on the coffee table, and about a half hour later, it was like 90, and I said, how did it lose 10% in, in 30 minutes? And I started monitoring it, and by the time that the late afternoon came, I was down to 30%, which was really surprising. And I was really upset over it. So I did a Google search and you know, this has been one of the big things with the 4S. People have had, some people have had battery problems. Others like myself haven't. And with, with the iOS um, 5.1.1, that was supposed to address it. So what I did is I discharged it completely. I let it go down and completely discharge. And then I charged it up from that and knock on wood the battery seems to have um, behaved itself so I don't know I'm just I'm leery now I'm nervous because I know that's the last thing because I use my phone all the time for iPhoneography so and you know some of these apps really are battery hogs so I'm always conscientious mm. about that but I also noticed and I don't know if you've noticed this but my it, my phone was warm and it really hasn't been warm my iPad gets warm 
but not my phone. And I noticed it was warmer last week, but not since I kind of reset it. So no, just I didn't notice. I didn't notice warmth. I only get that issue when I bring it outside. Yeah, and you know, even though I cover it, sometimes it gets so hot that it it does get warm. But what I did last week is I sort of nuked and paved. I basically restored it, but I restored it from iCloud. Mm-hmm. So it's not a f- true nuke and pave, but that did seem to help. See, I just hate restoring my phone. I'm really anti-restore only because, I, you know, you lose. You lose all of it, unless you're using Gmail and everything's archived. But, you know, you lose all your emails that you've saved because um, I have a couple. A few, I actually have three or four accounts. And I don't know. It just irritates me. So I Well, you don't if you restore from iCloud. I didn't lose anything. It just took a long time. I just, no, because you know what? I don't back up from, I don't, I don't send things to iCloud. I usually do it on the computer. Well, either way, because I do both. I do like maybe once a month, I'll save it to the computer, but every other time it goes to iCloud. So what I did is I made sure I did a specific backup to the computer, a specific backup to iCloud. And then I said, okay, let's restore. And that seems to have helped. The biggest culprit is uh, for both the iPad and the iPhone, are Downcast and mm-hmm. MLB. When I'm watching, especially a video on Downcast, oh my God, <laughs> it truly eats the battery. And then when I watch a baseball game on MLB, that That's eats a lot of battery. Because I've been watching programs on PBS, and I watched a couple last evening, and you know, through the PBS app. And I was really surprised. It didn't eat up as much as I thought it would, because you're right, some of these apps that you can watch videos with, you know, um, do eat up a lot of battery. So, hmm. well, for me, um, my iMac, I don't know, I was getting so frustrated because it was, I don't know, I took all my music off of it and I still had hardly any gig of space left and I had a lot of music. I had almost 4,000 songs on my, on my iMac. So I took them all off, backed everything up and Lisa, I think you were the one who mentioned Onyx to me. And it's a free program, onyxmac.com. It's in the show notes. And I've been really um, pleased with this because I'm not, even though we are three geeky ladies, I'm probably the least Mac techie of you all. (laughs) And I'm nervous when something comes, you know, when I have uh, windows that come up and say, you know, are you sure that you want to do this because this could destroy, you know, something. I, I really go into panic mode, but I really felt this was easy to use. It, uh, you basically download um, it from onyxmac.com. Like I said, it's free. It, uh, you have to verify your, your um, smart status uh, on the disk, and then once that doesn't take that long, once it verifies the, smart, the startup, value, uh, startup volume, then you can basically select what you want to do. Once it's verified, you type in your password, and you can start cleaning up the stuff. I tend to get very frustrated because everything that I download, you know, I don't know where it gets stored, but it just seems to eat up a lot of my space. And so you can run your disk permissions off of this as well. And I I didn't select the rebuild. You know, you can rebuild certain... um, volumes, but I did not do that. I just did it for cleaning, and I ended up freeing a lot of space. I was very, very pleased. And you can actually do, um, like what, a daily 
a weekly or a monthly type of maintenance. So I've been very happy with Onyx so far. And I would definitely recommend it for those listeners out there that, you know, really aren't into, you know, you know, knowing all about scripts and rebuilds. This is a really easy application to use. You basically can clean up your, you know, extraneous files on your Mac, you know, your login files, your caches. It, it cleans all of that up for you, and then you're good to go, you know, until you need to do it again. So you, I, I was pleased. You just need to be a little patient with Onyx. Yeah, it took, it took four hours. So just to let people know, I, I hadn't done my computer before, and I was getting nervous because the spinning beach ball of death was continuing to go. And I thought, well, did I freeze it up? And, but it did. It, it just takes, it, it, you're right, you have to be patient with it. So mine took quite a while. But I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's had a colonoscopy. So there you go. <laughs> it's good to go. <laughs> it's clean as a whistle. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of windows in it. And it, re- it really reminds me of disk utility in many ways, you know, the interface. So if people download it, they'll, if they use disk utility, like I repair my disk permissions through that. But this, you can do the same thing. But they have different parameters that um, you can select. And there's an automation button. So you can, if you want to have it, uh, you know, automated. But for me, it was pretty much the caches. The only one I did not clean was my font cache, because I really don't have many problems with my iMac. And i use a lot of my fonts. I have a lot of fonts. I'm a pretty much a font addict. So I, I left the font cache alone, but everything else I cleaned up. So like browser history and you know, all the stuff, you, all the sites you go to, all of that was clean. Mm-hmm. So I recommend Onyx. I really liked it. Thank you, Elisa, for that recommendation. You're welcome. Vicki? Yeah, I agree about the Onyx thing. I had it set up on my sister's computer and somehow another... Something happened where um, things had to be reinstalled and Onyx wasn't uh, installed. Um, I did have it automatically doing those things. And a lot of things for her, her hard drive, uh, she had a bad hard drive and she lost everything. Because also she wasn't doing that basic maintenance and uh, her backups. She doesn't take that seriously. Um, and so she lost everything. Now she knows better. And one of the things that I use, uh, in addition to Onyx, is the disk utility. Again, it's free also. Yeah, what I like about it is that you can diagnose everything, you know, your internal, your external hard drive, disk images, CDs, um, DVDs, and, and you just can use that to repair and, or just, just to look at the integrity of the, of the disk itself. Uh, also, it does the basic things like most, most disk utilities, you can format your drive and Mm-hmm. Uh, you can create secure disk images. There's so much that you can do, and it's all part of the Mac OS uh, itself. So there's no excuse for people not to, you know, uh, at least be able to troubleshoot problems on their computer. You don't need anything other than the disk utility itself. Um, and I also was um, one thing that you should do, uh, and Onyx automatically sets it up. Is that every month or two you should uh, you you should you can use this utility to repair permissions, uh, to verify or to repair your hard drive. 
uh, there's also a first aid tab on the on the uh, utility that you can use, um, and it's it's like a it's, it's everywhere. I mean, it does everything that you need to in regards to any disc on your Mac. So if you don't want to learn anything new, you don't want to install anything else. But there are people who just don't want to use up any disk space other than for their bare minimal application. This utility is there. I suggest Onyx because I think it's it's better in terms of automating things, but and it's simpler. This utility is there. But also, Vicki, you brought up a very good point. I mm-hmm. did back up everything before I installed it, and then I did everything. I, I, I backed yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, why yeah. are people not backing up stuff? Uh, well, yeah. I, I should be ashamed of myself because <laughs> I just remembered that I was not backing up my uh, iOS devices. <gasps> I know when you sync them, you, you, <gasps> I was checking the backup. That's the problem. And I had some issues. You know, I was in between classes and I wanted to read some of my uh, books and that I had ebooks I had. And I went to iTunes and those books were no longer on iTunes. And I said, okay, I'll just go and look through Time Machine. Those backups were not there. And they were there anyway. They wouldn't have been there because you need to download those books. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I just bought them and never downloaded them. So, that was the problem. And then I, I, so I had to call Apple and they found some of them, didn't find uh, uh, all of them. And I was so, I was just livid. I sent them this nasty emails talking about how you don't have to worry about that with Amazon. You probably do, but you know, hey, that's the way I felt. You know, hey, yeah. I want my, I want my uh, books. And mysteriously, a couple of weeks later, my books popped up. They still weren't in the iTunes uh, store but they popped up as being able to download. So I guess maybe she found them and pushed them back to me or whatever. But all I want to know is that now I download every book I purchase and I back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's a good idea. Yeah. I just, you don't think about it. You just buy something. Oh, I download it when I get ready to read it. I don't, I don't need it on my device. That's true. But you also need to realize that... Um, Sorry about that, you guys. My phone's ringing. Um, you also realize, need to realize that if you don't have it on some drive somewhere, then you're in trouble. You can't count on iCloud because you still need to download it first before you can push it out to iCloud. So. Yeah. Well, speaking, speaking of backing up, I use two different things to back up. I use Time Machine. Mm-hmm. But, I, but they say is you need to have more than one backup just in case one of them fails. So I do use Time Machine, but I also use Super Duper, which you can get at shirtpocket.com. And again, it's in the show notes. And Super Duper, Super Duper has two versions. You can use the free version. And what it will do, it will back up everything. The difference between that and the paid version, which is $27.95, is that it will back up like Time Machine does, the incremental backups. So if you've only changed a few things since the last backup, that's what it will, that's what it changes. Is so it a cloud a backup? Nope, I do it right to an external hard drive. Ah, uh, okay. So for my particular case, it takes about an hour and a half to do a full backup. If I use the Super Duper, it takes about half an hour, if I didn't do a whole lot of changes. But for, for $28, it was worth it. Yeah, that's not and, bad. And um, it's version 2.7 right now, and it says it is compatible with Mountain Lion. It works with 
10.4.11 and later, including Mountain Lion. And there's different things. If you pay for it, you can schedule it to back up at certain times of day. You can schedule to, or you can um, schedule it to back up only certain things on your hard drive. And it's just, it's, it's a very simple thing. What I have it do is I just have it copy my Hackintosh hard drive to my backup, and it just automatically shows up. Back up all files, copy, and then you authenticate with your password and walk away. It's, it's very simple. I'd definitely check that out. In fact, when I bought my new hard drive for my computer uh, last year, I backed everything up. What I did is I used SuperDuper to back up to the brand new hard drive. And then put that new hard drive into the computer. So when I turned the computer on, it was already, it was all set to go. That is something that I keep saying I'm going to do and I have not done. It will make life so much, if my, I had done that for my sister, life would have been so much simpler. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, if you don't want to pay the money, yeah. you can use the free version. But yeah. it, w- it was worth the $28. Yeah, yeah. And you can, what you can do is you can download the free version and then you can buy it right within the app. Oh, that's nice. Which is too. what I think is how I did it. Mm-hmm. So super that's duper. Should I go next? Yes, you have more than I do. I don't. I'm. I'm going to move away from software. I'm, I'm back to how you should maintain your computer. And I don't do this in the Windows environment. I wait to see uh, what other people are going to do. But generally, I always update my Mac software almost immediately when I see their updates. I look at it and see what it is if it's a bug fix or whatever. But 99.9% of the issues that my sisters or friends call me about are because they never updated their, their, their software. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's pretty much automated there for you for uh, quite a number of things. Other than in the App Store, if you're not on Mountain Line, it's one of the great things about Mountain Line is now the App Store is uh, auto, will automatically provide you a reminder when there's a new updates. Um Whereas on the OS side, you already have that. But for your app store, you buy your app, your software through there. That is way cool. I mean, in the past, I had to manually go through and check every piece of software that I bought that wasn't in the app store. I still have quite a number of products that are in the app store. And I have to manually check to see if there's an update for it. It's nothing worse than you need to use this application and now you got to wait to download and install an update or that you have problems because you didn't realize that there was an update to the software. Most of the problems I have with my, when, when people calling me, I ask them first, have you done the update on it? Is there, do you have the latest Mac OS running on your system? Uh, and most of the times their issues are resolved as a result of that. Um, with my sister, I think it's mainly that she needs to reboot her machine and clean up a bunch of stuff. Um, with Onyx not running on that machine, there was a lot of issues. But um, updating the software is very important. And then one other thing I want to add: don't leave stuff on your desktop. That can really slow your machine down. People don't realize that. I know in the Windows world, I have tons of things sitting on my desktop. But in Mac, your RAM, you don't. Your memory is just like used up every time you you bring your machine up. It has to keep track of all that stuff you have on your desktop. How do you think it keeps track of that? It's using up RAM memory. And then you get the beast ball. So if you get in the beast ball, it's not necessarily a browser. It could be that you got too many things on your desktop. Clean that up, and that can resolve a lot of your issues. Mm-hmm. All right? 
I agree with that, Vicki, on many different levels. Because when I was teaching an iPhoneography in an iPad class, um, there were people, they were still using iOS 4. And, you know, that's part of your, I think you're absolutely right, is maintenance. Because when Apple comes out with these updates, it's usually to address certain problems, not only to add some features, but also to directly deal with some of the issues and bugs that are inherent in, you know, the iOS. So I would also recommend people doing that for their iPhone and their iPad as well. All their iOS devices is to update when an update comes out. And they're third-party software, too. You just you can't keep running version one of some software and think it's going to work well on the latest operating system. That's you got to right. update it and make sure that everything's working properly. The other, one other piece of software I like to use is called iStat Pro. Which oh, I love get that. Mm-hmm. I saw you had it written down, too. <laughs> uh, it's from iSlayer.com, and it's free for the Mac. They also have iPhone and iMac version. Uh, iMac iPhone and iPad versions, uh, but for the Mac, what it does is it's it's down it's it's a widget, and you it shows like right now I'm looking at it. It shows the address of my airport, so I know what my 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 address is. It shows how much free space I have on my hard drive and how much I've used, how much memory I have, how much is being used, how much is available to me, pages in and out, the CPU, how much is being used, how long I've been online the health of my battery and how many cycles the battery has gone through, the temperatures of different uh, things in my computer, the airport card, the hard drive, the CPU, and the processes and how much um, the percentage of, of that they're using up and the fans. Because uh, when I'm doing something intensive, like watching a video, the fans go up to like 6,000 RPM. And when I'm just reading an email, it's down to about 1,200. But it just it keeps... At a glance, you can just see what's going on within your computer. And you can move things around, put them in a different order. If you're not interested in the health of your battery, you don't have to have that one on. You can check off what you want, what you don't want. Um, it's got a little help guide. Um, just uh, Let's see. It shows the degrees, what color you want it to be. You can check for updates. You can choose your sections, like I said. And you can show, let me see, show different displays. So it's, a pre- it's pretty cool. And it's, it's out of the way. You just click on the widget button in the lower left hand of your dock, pop up, look at what you need to look at, close it down again. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I use it all the time. Yep. Which kind of goes hand in hand with yours, Vicki, yep. for the iStat I- menu. Yeah, I, it's pretty much exactly what you just said. <laughs> Uh, it costs about 16 bucks. I, um, I um, have it, and I use it quite often, but when I'm troubleshooting other people's computers, I use activity monitors on this built into the Mac, um, and it pretty much does quite a number of things that that does, but it's not as fancy. It's not as pretty as uh, I set uh, and I set menus. One thing that I like that's built into the activity monitor um, is that um, it, you, you can use the smart reporter menu bar tool so you can see if there's any disk failures or whatever on your machine. It checks that uh, the smart output from your hard drives and, and get all these kind of reports on things that are going on in your system. It's, I mean, you've got to know what you already have on your computer system. 
Um, and if they don't meet your needs or you, or you need something much more simpler, yeah, ISTAT menu and a bunch of other applications are, are the way to go. But you got to realize there's some really pretty powerful uh, tools that are built right into the Mac itself. That's a terminal tool if you're a Unix person that I use a lot because I am a Unix person. Um, one thing that I found that I really love about it is that I could just grab something, an application, and pull it into the terminal window and it'll tell me the path where that that, that application is located. Um, I found that out by accident because I'm always dragging stuff around on the screen and, and then went right into the terminal window. Again, I don't read instructions. I'm sure it's documented somewhere. <laughs> but I found that to be so cool that I do it all the time, even though you, you find her does the same thing. Um, but you, you got to realize there's some unbelievable built-in utilities right into Mac OS. Uh, I'm sure that's in the Windows world, too. I don't, they just don't, they don't look as cool. They're not as well, the interface for them are just so difficult to use that I find I just not even remotely interested in trying to figure out how to use them. And I have to use my PC as uh, my Windows PC as often as I have to use my Mac because I, you know, at work, I'm using it all the time. Um, but I don't even try anymore. I just say, hey, this thing doesn't work. I'm ask somebody else to fix it. And don't even care about the utilities because I, I just don't have the time for it. Not only that, we're running, we're still running XP at work. So, um. <laughs> Better than Vista? Yeah. Well, we're going to move to Windows 7 soon. Yeah, my husband just moved to Windows 7. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Seven's yeah. not bad, but Vista was the nightmare. Yeah, 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 we didn't do this. Uh, that's it for activity moment. Suze? Well, for me, when I first started using the computer, you know, my husband always used PCs. So I bought McAfee, um, yeah. you know, antivirus software because at the time there was just so much spyware and malware and viruses, you know. Oh, I mean, the whole time I was going through school, what, eight years ago, I mean, I would come home and I would work on the PC, I'd work on the Mac at school. And I finally set it up so, you know, Sundays is when Maccabee would do my scan of my whole computer. And I, I, you know, would just have it do just a local scan. But it was always picking up stuff. It was always, I was always doing a quarantine on it. Well, I know Mac users have, sometimes I think we have a sense of complacency but we've been very fortunate there hasn't really been a lot of, well, there hasn't been really any viruses. There are some, you know, I don't know if malware is cropping up, more probably Trojans, I think, like the flashback that was um, a few months ago. But because of that, and just because of the, I, I just think as Mac and as Apple gets more um, ubiquitous in, in our world and more and more people use use them. I also think that there are people that are really going to want to develop some type of malware to, um, you, you know, they always like to dig it to the fan, the fan girls, <laughs> you know, the Apple fanboys. So I downloaded Sophos, Sophos, and it's free. And again, it's in the show notes. It's very easy to download. Um, doesn't take a lot of space on your CPU. And it has a little shield. When you download it, you can scan your, um, you can do a local scan on it or a deep scan. And basically, it, you can do, you can 
do a quarantine and removal from the app itself, the application itself, but it has a little shield on your um, toolbar up on top of your iMac. And if it's black, you don't need to worry. What I like, it's running in the background. So I've really been pleased with it. You know, of course, we've been, again, we're fortunate, but, you know, if it ever, I, I don't know what color it would go, red maybe, I would probably have a heart attack. So, but it's black, and as long as it's black, it stays safe. But, you know, I don't know what's, what could be showing up. You just never know, and it's always nice to have that added layer of protection. So mm-hmm. I recommend Sophos. Yeah, I, I actually downloaded it after you mentioned it to me. Um, we were talking about, I guess, the last thing that was out. The, what was the last thing that everybody was worried about? I don't remember. But um, I think it was you, the flashback, wasn't it? Yeah, flashback. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. And I didn't have any issue with flashback, but when I ran Sophos, I found a number of corrupt files and um, that could possibly have been causing issues on my computer because as soon as it found them and quarantined them, my computer system started running much faster. Oh, that's interesting, Vicky. And then also, right uh, before then, I was having an issue with my Gmail. Someone was sending things to all my friends under my Gmail account. And that could have been what, what the issue was. Someone had... I downloaded something on my computer, and yeah. I'm, I'm cocky. I I always think that nobody's gonna uh, <laughs> put anything on my computer. I'm very safe and everything. But it's amazing how you can have things on your system and not even be aware of it. I rarely run antivirus software, but because this one's in the background and I don't have to worry about it. It's unobtrusive. It'll pop up yes. and tell you. Yeah, I I found I like that. I like that a lot, and it's free. I'm going to have to so, download that. I have a couple yeah. of different ones I use, like ClamX. Yeah, I have that ClamX, yeah. But yeah. but, but you have to do it. You have to mm-hmm. open it and yeah. and actually go through it. And the only time I ever do, to be honest, and like you, Vicky, a little cocky here, mm-hmm. is when I hear something in the news and I go, oh, yeah. I gotta check. And yeah. then I'll, that's when I run. But I like the idea of it running in the background and yeah. Yeah. Not, not worrying about it until I see that red and then go, oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but you know, I think I think it can happen because you know, let's face it. I mean, if people can, you know, hack into the federal government, I mean, it's not going to take, you know, um, somebody that has good intentions to develop a really pain in the butt Trojan that could affect all Mac users. You know, I think one thing that we're fortunate in some respects is that you know, I'm, I think most companies use PCs to. Um, interlink their computers, like for businesses. I'm not, I know graphics designers all, you know, use Macs. I, I don't know. I think we've been really complacent and fortunate so far, but yeah. I'm just waiting for the, you know, it's like anything. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. So, yeah. And then right. they're going to laugh. X going to be all over our faces. And- Oh, well. well, that's what I like about Sophos, though. Is like you said, Vicky. It runs in the. It's, it's very unobtrusive, you know, and you don't have to worry about it. If something you need to worry about, it pops up. But I just remember with Maccabee, I would not only have to download all the updates to Maccabee on a uh, regular basis because you know they were constantly mm-hmm. having updates to deal yes. with all these, you know, new spyware, new malware, new viruses, and it was just a pain. And when I went to Mac, that was one thing that was just so, it was like, ah, you know, for one thing, to put something in the trash and have all the components be in the trash was wonderful. I didn't have to go into the registry and make sure everything was, was gone. And secondly, it was not have to worry about viruses. So those yeah. two things, you know, 
really did it for you know. Yeah. For me they, so that. you 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 there's a fire scare, <clears throat> and first thing they tell you to take your computer off the internet. Well, you can't because you got to download the latest version of McAfee. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. So. so, but you know, it's free. I really. I like this particular podcast because, you know, a lot of our listeners, most of the stuff is all free for them. So Yeah, it is. It is. You know, they can go out and download it. and There's some things that, you know, you, 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 if you want to, you can get iStat Menu or iStat Pro. I'm telling you, that it's a great, simple thing to use. Right. Yeah, graphics, right. you know, so I like graphics. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah too. Yeah. So, Vicki, do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Oh, yeah. My all-time favorite fitness software is Hazel. You remember the the show Hazel back mm-hmm. in, what was it, the 60s or 70s? I don't remember. Oh, I think it was the yeah. early 60s? That yeah, was it's, 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 on, it's on TV now. Uh, uh, one of those... Uh, TV Land or something? TV Land or something like that. But, you know, she was, she was the maid. Yeah. Yeah, Hazel is, does the same thing. It clear, automates things on your computer, and it has a bunch of built-in ones that are really cool. Like, they empty your, your trash. You can have a rule that sets up. I have one that sets up. I don't want something sitting in my trash. It's like a gigabyte in size. Um, so if it hits that uh, size limit or an aggregate, if I got a gigabyte of files in my trash, it's going to automatically delete it. And um, you can also set it up to do, do a secure delete also. What I mainly use it for is, you know how you're downloading stuff and your documents and your download folder gets humongous. I got rules that if I download a DMG file that at, by the end of the day, it's going to trash that DMG file. It's not going to stay in my downloads uh, folder and it's going to clear off my desktop it moves files that have a certain um, a date on it or net file name because I name things a certain way uh, into the appropriate folder. For school, I'm constantly um, creating files and then I can't find them where I just don't worry about it. So at the end of the day, Hazel, I can either automatically run Hazel, manually run Hazel or Hazel will find it and put it in the right location. The next morning I look, oh, there it is. Hazel fixed it for me. Um, it is so easy to use. It is such a great, it's by NoodleSoft. That's the company. It's been around a long time. It's, and it's actually a system pane. It's not an application. And you just go in and you can create rules, uh, just like Automator. Um, Automator to me and to most average person, is sort of complicated, you know. Um, and you can actually have it work, create workflows like that, like an Automator. But if you've ever set rules in your mailbox for, for uh, Mac Mail, it looks exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to really learn anything. Um, it is a wonderful piece of software. It's cleared out my hard drive so many times where what happened is I had to run it in the background and I didn't change the rules or create new rules for different kinds of files I was getting. And I ran out of disk space. And then it wasn't putting my music in the right location. Um, and I had to create another rule to fix that. But it was I, I set that up, walked away, and I got like almost 100 gigabytes of space back on my hard drive. Wow. Um, and I didn't have to do that manually. Could you imagine having to move all those files and do all that other stuff? It just did it, and I walked away and made it easy. Or you can also do like setting up labels for your files. I don't do that. But I know there's some people who like to have, you know, labels and create tags for it in Spotlight. And it's really a powerful utility. Um, I, I think it costs 
um, you, you have a, a two-week, 14-day trial. And uh, it's not in the App Store. You have to actually go to the NoodleSoft website. But if you want to buy it, it's $25. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard good things about that from other podcasts, too. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, one, Vicky, of the, just... that's one of the beautiful things about the Macs is that these companies like NoodleSoft have some unbelievable software out there. They just yeah. You can't find it on the, on the PC side. Uh, not to knock PCs, but they have some unbelievable developers on the OS uh, X environment so I, I just want all our listeners to know i have no idea um this 1960s show hazel that was way before my time it was I before my remember. time i saw it in reruns it was reruns, reruns. I, remember, I remember the brady bunch what was the brady bunch we are we are three young geeky ladies <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's right i love the brady bunch i'm sorry <laughs> i like gilligan Island too but i saw all those in reruns yeah Three young geeky ladies. Maybe we need to change the show, the yeah. name of it. We don't like, like that. TV land. That's, 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 TV land. <laughs> so does anybody else, anybody have anything else I'd like to add? Yeah. Have we covered all our... I think so. I, I, they, they don't have really a... Um, I don't think they really have a cleaner for iOS devices. It's just more or less maintaining your battery life, but... You know, and cleaning yeah. out the apps you don't want. See, that's hard for me because I hate deleting apps unless I absolutely don't use it. Because I, even though I know it's in the cloud and I can grab it and put it back on my iPhone, I like to know it's there. It's it's just a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. But I'm slowly going through and saying, do I really need this? Yeah. And then I say, yes, I do, but I don't. And <laughs> I do the same thing. On the next slide, there's tons of applications that can like, like clean up. Uh, those kinds of things. Uh, delete the, you know, like, uh, going back to Hazel, if you delete an application, it'll go back and get rid of all of the support files. But if you want to undelete it, you know, move it out of the trash, it will bring back all of the right files. And um, another, um, uh, Reggie Ashworth has a bunch of uh, apps that does that. But I don't know, I don't think he has it for the iOS yet. If I'm wrong, Reggie, and I know you don't listen to our podcast, but if you do, <laughs> Do please let me know. <laughs> I love his products. I have those too, and I, I have those on my sister's computer because she likes to have apps that she can go to. And, and what's so great about it is that you drag it to the screen, and it goes, boop, and, and she likes the sound. <laughs> Delete it. <laughs> yeah, I have an app like that. Which one yeah. is called? Um, I have apps called App Cleaner. Yeah. This is called and, App Delete or something like that. Yeah, I think this is App Delete. But it's the same idea where you just drag your an app you don't want onto it, and it takes all the, the library files, the support mm-hmm. files, the preference files, yeah. throws it in the trash, mm-hmm. but it doesn't delete it until you actually yeah. physically delete it. So if you decide you want to keep something for some reason, you could keep a support file. Yeah. Mm. If for some reason you need the support file for something else. Yeah. Yeah, so those, those are all good, too. And... Something that um, Vicky said, lovely listeners, share, share with us what you like to use to keep your, your computers and your iOS devices clean and maintained. And you know, maybe there's something out there that we've never, we've never heard of or don't realize is out there. We'd love to hear it. So, Vicki, how would the lovely listeners let us know? Oh, what would they do? Um, <laughs> I never remember. Um, they would have to go to our Facebook page 
three geeky ladies, or they could go to our Gmail account, G I mean three geeky ladies at gmail.com. The number or, three. Yeah, three, the number three. Also three, the number three for Facebook. And on Twitter, we are known as Geeky Ladies. Mm-hmm. And how could they get a hold of you personally? V.E. Stokes uh, on Twitter and uh, V.E. Stokes at gmail.com. And how about you, Suze? Um, I can be notified. Notified. <laughs> I, lost, <laughs> I, I, I lost my word. <laughs> right over there. It's a blonde moment. Um they can get a hold of me, uh, email me, uh, suzegilbert at gmail.com or on Twitter. And, I, and Vicky knows the whole address on Twitter. I just, just it's, my, it's my name. So they can always uh, find me there. And this will all be in the show notes. And I'm senseidai at gmail.com and senseidai on Twitter. And we'd love to get your feedback, whether it's on Twitter, on Facebook, on iTunes with a review or a star rating, uh, an email to us directly. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the podcast, good or bad. We'd love to hear what what applications you, that you use or things that you do to keep your computer and iOS maintained. And uh, I guess with that, we will wrap it up for Episode 6. And I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for listening. And thanks to Suze and Vicki. And thank you, Elisa. Yeah, and we will see or talk to everybody in a few weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Have you heard about Not Another Mac Podcast? Oh, not another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then. Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. What's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you nitwit Brit, have, have you been drinking? No, you big yank tank. Listen... Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother. You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the Stoplight Network podcast feed.